You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Caposa, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey there, and welcome back to She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Caposa, and I'm so glad you're joining us again this week. I have on the show today, Alana Pratt, and I'm excited to have her here. I've been following her work for a little while. She is a sexy, vivacious, charismatic, uh, feminine powerhouse of a woman, and I wanted to talk to her specifically about vulnerability. I used to think vulnerability was an ugly word, you know, the V word, as I called it. I I thought, I don't want to be vulnerable. Vulnerable means weak. Vulnerable means that I'm susceptible to being hurt. And I'm just going to be a tough cookie and a badass and no one's going to ever hurt me. Well, I learned the hard way that actually it was more painful for me to stay closed and shut off than it was for me to be open. And that's what we're going to dive into in today's episode. Alana has coached the stars. She coaches everyday men and women as well. She's been featured on CBS, TLC, Fox, and weekly on The Good Man Project. She sees men and women as clients equally, and she's an intimacy expert. And I'm excited to have this conversation, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. This is a word that we need to take out of the shadows. Thankfully, with the work of Brene Brown, it's becoming more mainstream to talk about vulnerability and shame. And yet we still have more work to do. As men and women, if we want to have the relationships that will make us feel fulfilled and where we feel like we're contributing to the world and where we feel like we are growing with each other, we really need to be committed to doing the work on ourselves. You'll hear in this episode that vulnerability, true vulnerability, comes as a gift and as a tool once we've done it with ourselves. So we need to be vulnerable and comfortable being vulnerable with ourselves and our own stuff before we could ever do it with someone else. And so this is the beautiful work and the gift. And I am excited that we're getting into this conversation today. You're going to love Elena. You're going to love her energy. Ladies and gentlemen listening, we do use some adult language in this show. So if you have any kids in the room, put your headset in. Uh, Don't want them hearing anything before their time. And I hope you enjoy the episode. As always, if you love the episode, share it with some friends. And post some comments uh, in the chat window on the page. You know, we continue the comments after the show and we continue the conversation in the Facebook group at She Rises Tribe, which you will find uh, in the show notes as well. Enjoy the show, guys. I can't wait for you to hear it. And I'm so glad you're back. Welcome, Alana, to the show. I'm so excited to have you on this show. I feel like I say that about every guest, but like I'm super, super excited to have you on the show (laughs) for like, A couple of reasons. One, because I I told you just before we started recording, I've been, you know, researching your work and and looking into it for some time now. And I just feel like you're a soul sister. So that's one. And two, for like totally selfish reasons, just want to pick your brain and find out more, 
about women and relationships. And I know there's a lot of men and women, that, or mostly women, that listen to this show that would just gain so much from hearing your insight and your expertise on this. So thank you for being here and welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm already just in our little pre-ramble before, before you press record. I'm already in love with you. So <laughs> um, this is going to be great. and I can't wait to contribute as much as I can to your listeners. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, one of the things I, I, I love doing on this show is I love to ask women or guests in general about their their story you know how is it that they got to where they are and you know she rises is literally based on the theme that you know all of us and and women in particular we're constantly kind of going through these iterations and and burning up the old and reinventing ourselves so would you share a little bit of your story with our audience it would be my pleasure and yeah i think a a lot of times we think we're through one rising the phoenix she's (laughs) She and then oh fuck really and then, totally. else, and then we we have another rise so um I'll do my best to make it a short several little risings until the most recent one story so I'm a small town Canadian girl from Kamloops BC who hopped on my uncle Phil's eighteen wheeler semi when I was nineteen to make it in Hollywood and I failed <laughs> I was like I was good enough to get some jobs I'd been a dancer since I was five so I had this idea that I wanted to dance on cruise lines or Disneyland or something like that. And I was good enough. And I was courageous enough to show up and and go all that way. But I didn't have the visa. So I was I had $40 left. And I was ready to go home and use the visa card that my dad had given me in case I failed and wanted to come back and work at his pharmacy. No. So um, I took a job at dancing in Japan. I was terrified that it was going to be like one of those hostess clubs. I'd be sold off into sex slavery forever, but it, but it wasn't, it was a um, pretty hot show though. I must say <laughs> first time I ever wore a G string and fishnets in my life, but it was really awesome. And it really started me on a path to um, seeing the sacredness in my body, the sensual uh, divinity in my sensuality, and my feminine power from a different place than my mind. You know, fast forward after four years of dancing in Japan and modeling and being a spokesperson, and I met a guy who turned into my first husband, and I moved to New York City with him, and I I went to Columbia University, and I I graduated, you know, cum laude from this Ivy League school. I, I found out that I really do have a brain and I'm super smart. And yet this other power that I had begun to awaken in, um, in Japan, my, my, I call it more like my feminine power, my intuition, my instincts, this, uh, this flow, the strength and my softness, all of that. I totally put her to bed because everybody that I spoke to when I got to America was like, well, what kind of dancer? And I was so ashamed at the time I was like rad and hot and felt so amazing. But I was doing these like topless, you know, showgirl Vegas reviews. And, you know, I just felt like a goddess and, and I was so confident. And then I got back to the States and it was a different, um, point of view about, um, a woman, her body, you know, it was like, were you a stripper? And I'm like, no, I was a goddess, but they didn't (laughs) get it. I started to lie, uh, withhold information, not tell people what I really did. And I just focused on my brain for a while. 
And I would even hide in the closet and uh, and meditate because my husband at the time thought that was weird. So fast forward, we moved to Los Angeles and I'm like, yay, oh my God, here are my people. Um, I'm not weird to meditate. I'm not weird to be a dancer. I'm not weird to be spiritual and sensual and talk about things like when, the, you know, making love to life and, you know, let life penetrate you like the way I am. So like verbose and delicious, like that wasn't weird in LA. It was very weird on Wall Street. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that, yeah, was a different fit entirely. Totally right. But I was, I had really lost, I mean, it was a six year, you know, relationship. I'd really lost myself. So it was so good to find myself. And I did our, you know, we did our best. We went to counseling and workshops and therapy and it didn't work. So completed that relationship and moved on to my second husband, right when my mama was dying of cancer and never get married when your parents are about to die. Just note to the listeners mm. the time because I, my heart was closed. Well, it was terrified. I wanted relationship with my mom because like, while I love my sister and my dad, they don't get me, but my mom got me. And then that was the one I was losing. And so I just wanted to replace that relationship as fucking fast as I could. Do you have a checkbook? Do you have a pulse and some sperm? Let's do this. And and I didn't really do my, <laughs> my research like I ought to. Um, and I married somebody that was a really bad fit for me. Um, but no regrets because we have a beautiful boy who's now taller than me. Um, but, uh, but we got divorced within a year and mom died. And then I found out who he really was. And it has been a 12 year custody battle. So, wow. oh my God. Yeah. And I uh, hid, he's a bully and I was afraid of bullies. And I, I, uh, you know, my faith in the divine got really challenged because to me at the core of the core of the core, everybody's good. Kumbaya and bunny rabbits. Like, what do you mean you're mean? And you're going to take away this child from me and, you know, stick dirt in my face. Like I couldn't fathom that people did this, Giovanna. It, it just hurt my very soul. Um, but one of the good things was, is it woke up a part of my feminine power that I think a lot of us women have um, challenge with because we're so quickly called angry, hysterical bitches. And then we're like, oh, okay, okay, then fine. Take advantage of me. I'll settle. Fine. Whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Difficult to find our feminine power. And so the beauty and gift of this very, not in a very nice package, but master teacher in my ex-husband, second ex-husband was that he taught me how to go from hiding to, I kind of overcompensated when, you know, don't say something for a long time. And then you finally speak up, you kind of like overcompensate a bit like a dam breaking loose. But then I found this centered place of truth. And it's sort of a mixture of don't fuck with me and tender, soft goddess, love, non-judgment, unconditional like this, these two really potent energies like mixed together, kind of like lady of the lake. She's got a sword, but it's not up in front of her, but it's down by her side. So don't fuck with her, but she's leading with her heart, right? So I'm learning how to do this through this very long custody situation. And so, um, I guess this most recent rising, like literally Giovanna, like a month ago rising is, um, back in May. So we're doing this interview in September. So back in May, my son who poor darling has gone into 51, 53 times. That's when the child says, I want to kill myself. And the state takes your child away from you in the back of a cop car, um, into a prison thing. Mm. Um, awful. Um, he says that he never really wanted to, he just didn't know what the, what to do to get us to stop fighting. And it was his way of just saying like, knock it off you two. 
so long story short, back in May, he said, mom, I love dad, but I can't live with him because his dad ended up winning 70% custody after a quarter of a million dollars in legal debt and losing my house and losing my truck and saying, okay, I'm not going to fight anymore. Fine. Take them, have them. It's fine. I'll do quality over quantity. So I was having Gabriel 30% for the last couple of years. And he said, you know what, mom, I'm done. I want to live with you primary. And we had a beautiful three months together. And I said, no, I still want you to spend father's day with your dad. Please talk to your dad with the parenting coach. You know, it's not like you never want to see him. I know you're mad, but let's find out a way that, that works for this next phase. And so he went back to, to contemplate that with his dad of how to live, you know, full time with me. And uh, the next thing I know, he comes back and said, you're selfish. Dad showed me your emails you sent before. I'm going to live with him. He put a new flat screen in my room and he cares about me. And I'm like, oh, my God. So he's having another phase in his experience and I'm letting him just live with his dad full time and he's blocked me on his phone and, and it was probably the, of all of these risings, she rises, um, over the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, it was probably the one that hurt the most cause I love him the most and my heart is the most open and vulnerable with my son. And so the gift in that is to realize our hearts can be broken, but there's this bigger heart underneath I never knew was there that was just ready to expand and evolve and grow. And so by feeling the pain, by not pushing it away and going, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, you know, going through the process, evolving through the process, listening and loving our wobbly, um, scared, hurt selves and not being a victim or a martyr um, and not pretending or pushing it away, but just sitting in it, just sitting in the fire that I'm sure you know very well, Giovanna, is how the phoenix rises, just sitting in the fire. Mm. And so I'm still letting my I haven't heard from my son in over a month. But I have rented a little cabin outside of Los Angeles on the top of a mountain. And I've been focusing on my business, showing up. I sort of hid behind my computer for the past 10 years. Quite quite a thriving coaching practice, but, but no speeches, no networking, no getting out there because I just didn't know how to look people in the eye. Here I am, this amazing, successful relationship coach and intimacy coach, and, and I've got this custody battle and craziness going on in the closet. And I just didn't know how to... To just be that blend of credibility and vulnerability. And so this was a gift. This is a gift. And so I showed up the last week to two different conferences, seeing people I hadn't seen in 10 years, being myself and shining. And lo and behold, when you really let go of punishing yourself or blaming yourself and we start to love ourselves unconditionally, lo and behold, about a month ago, I met a guy. And he is so fucking hot. <laughs> and he is a no, like I teach my men, um, get her to say yes is my men's site. AlanaPratt.com is my women's site. So for the men, you go there and you learn about being a noble badass. And I know that the universe was training me to coach men so that I would forgive my dad and forgive my ex-husband. And now to finally open my heart again to a noble badass of my own. So I'm in the early stages of the honeymoon hormonal <laughs> stage of, of new love, but it's possible. It is so possible. So that is my She Rise story. Yeah, I, you know, and thank you for sharing that and, and for being so vulnerable because this thing out there, and it, it comes from inside of us. It's like, well, if I, if I, if I coach on this thing, if this is my passion, then I should be an expert at it and I should be perfect at it. And, you know, I get where the, you know, the ego comes in and says that. And I think it's so 
much more substantive the fact that you are going and you have gone through these fires because you know you have more juice let's say to bring to it to more um experiential wisdom to bring to what it is that you share because yeah. you're you you're in it you've gone through it i mean it's it is that uh, reinvention of yourself and that openness that you're just willing to be vulnerable. I mean, I know a lot of mothers who, yeah. if their child wasn't speaking to them for a month, they'd be in a loony bin. So the mm. fact that you've done all this work on yourself, that you could just hold presence, and obviously you're going to have the emotions you have and have the feelings you have, but just to still continue in spite of, or, you know, yeah. be, you know, because of, um, I just think is amazing. And thank you for, for sharing all that with us. Oh, you're welcome. My clients hire me because I'm real, because mm -hmm. I don't judge, because I do unconditionally love, because I have been through various fires. So they have nothing to be ashamed of. They can be real and we can get beneath the, see the shame covers the essence of us. And if we, you know, pretend we're fine and hire a perfect coach and everything's fine and we just sort of operate like sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit, we might get improvement or relief, but we're sure shit not going to get lasting change and no. heal to the core. And, and that's what I'm interested in. Efficient core healing. Yeah, totally. I love the way you said that. You're just, you'll just end up just getting pretty, pretty shit because it'll have sprinkles on it, but it's just, it's still shit. <laughs> yeah. Still shit. Still stinky. Well, yeah. Awesome. And you know, this is where I want to go with you a little bit today. I mean, there's, I mean, God, I, this could be like a five hour interview because there's so many things I want to like get into with you, but you, you said this and you expressed this even in your story and it's, and the shame is an element to it. But it's this this piece about vulnerability. Like I remember, you know, vulnerability used to be a bad word to me. Vulnerability right. was you're weak and you're helpless and someone's going to take advantage of you. And yeah. so you got to be hardcore. And so I was always, you know, the warrioress and I had, you know, the resting bitch face and I probably still have that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was always that like, you're not going to fuck with me person, right? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't work. I found out the hard way in yeah. relationships. <laughs> No, Who knew? It doesn't work. So it's interesting because I find with women and myself, I'm throwing myself right under the same bus here. One of the biggest fears, one of the things that holds us back from relationship or at least that juicy, amazing relationship that's not just the status quo is this ability to just be like naked. And I don't mean like physically naked. I mean like vulnerably naked. So Talk to us a little bit about like what vulnerability really is mm. and, you know, how, why? Why bring that to a relationship? I mean, I'm, I'm in the process of getting back into relationship after a long while of saying, hell no. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, I'm in that place, too, where it's like, oh, my God, like somebody's got to see my ugly and shit. And I got to. Oh, and it's like, you know, it's there's that block of like, oh, like yeah. this is. So let's go there because I know there's Ugh. a lot of women listening that are like, tell me. I fucking love you, sister. I can't wait till we <laughs> I want you on my show and then you ask me back on your show and I'll ask you on my show and then we'll get yeah. our five hours and by the end of the year. Okay. Totally. <laughs> so here's the deal. I teach it. There's an upcoming workshop I'm doing. It's like complimentary video series in December. So I'd like everyone just to come in my world so they can have that because I go through it a lot longer, like four whatever videos. But the idea is this. If you derive your worth even one fucking percent from the outside in, you're screwed. You'll give your power away. Yes. 
<laughs> you must 100% derive your worth, your safety, your approval, your security, your, your home from the inside out. And then while, of course, we'd prefer not to fart in front of him on our first date, you know, oh my God, my- <laughs> Right. Um, if it happens, we will live and we will gracefully and humorously get through that and all the other things that happen, you know, as we become more vulnerable with people. So one of the big uh, blocks to this 100 percent connection to self is that when we look inside intimacy, that's why I call myself an intimacy expert into me. I see when we look inside, we're like, hell no, you go in the closet and you shut the fuck up and you don't let anybody know you're scared and you just go away. Like we are so cruel, just like I shared in my, um, she rising story. Oh my God, there was yet another level there that I had to stop punishing myself for hiding for those 10 years. As I showed up with all my colleagues again, this past week, you know, another um, place when you look at this wobbly, gross, Oh, don't want anyone to see her part. Just start with hi, hi. And she's going to be like, I'm not getting anywhere near you. You're a bitch. You've been hitting me with a two by four for the past 20 years. (laughs) And you're like, you're right. You're right. I have. You're right, I have, and I'm sorry. And I'm here today to talk to you, this wobbly part of myself, because I get it doesn't work. And I'm just starting to learn now how to change things. I've been off avoiding you, frankly, because it's uncomfortable, but two, um, because I'm ashamed, and three, because I want to fix it. I want to be perfect. I don't want anybody to like leave me again. I don't want anyone to hurt me again. And, and I've left you alone, which you're already sad in the first place. And now you're abandoned by me and made wrong by me. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You must feel like shit. I'm so, so sorry. So while in all honesty, I can't say that I love you yet, I am going to practice allowance. And that's one of the first stages, not acceptance, acceptance. And I'm very mm, about words, like words of energy. And so acceptance to me is, oh, fine. You're a loser. Fine. You can come to the party too. Like it's, it's like a (laughs) giving up allowance is this active state. And it's, it's another word that I would say is simultaneous for vulnerability allowance. And to me, allowance is like heart, hundred percent open arms, totally open legs, deeply rooted, connected to mother Earth. she gotcha. She's gotcha. And, and crown totally open to the divine, completely having all divine inspiration connected. So you are like present and resisting nothing. Present in allowance and resisting nothing. You might hate what's going on, but the minute you resist it, you lost, you gave away your power. The minute you hide, you give away your power. The minute you blame, you give away your power. The minute you're in resistance to anything that life gives you, you give away your power. So allowance is, allowance is fucking intense. It could be quite intensely emotional. And so if you, you know, contract your cute little body and try to manage that amount of energy, you can't, you explode. So you got to get wide. You got to take deep breaths and extend those, um, whether your arms are actually out or you're just pretending in your mind that they're out, but you just want to extend wide. It is wide as the sunrise and sunset above and below. This is a really great point. I'm just going to, I'm going to interject here a second because what we, what we naturally do is we totally contract. And when I was hearing you speak, I was literally seeing the image of a tree in a storm that just kind of bends and fl- I mean, it's, there's a lot of intensity coming at it, but it's, it's not resisting it. And the minute we're in resistance, that's when we snap. That's when we break. That's when we just can't deal. And yeah, I really, I really, that's the imagery that came to me. And I, I love that you're bringing in this piece right now. 
beautiful. So if we continue to use your beautiful imagery, we could imagine, imagine going maybe down the trunk and into the roots and down all these different tendrils into the earth and find in a dark little corner, little Giovanna, little Alana, little one of your listeners. And that's the little us that we need to be in allowance with so that it's okay. Like here I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, the warts and all. Here I am. Hi, nice to meet you. Nothing to defend, nothing to justify, nothing to prove, nothing to hide. Hi. And when we can get into relationship with all these little parts of us, you could, if you're not so into the visual of thinking it's little you, you could think of it like with your heart or with your gut or with your vagina. If you're more into like, you know, blending with your parts of your body that feel contracting, it's all energy. When we can become in allowance and then through practice, we can come into communion, love, unconditional, without judgment, for eternity, even if it never changes, that's unconditional. Mm. It's conditional if you go in and go, hey, beautiful girl, I'm so sorry about all the times I hit you with the two by four. Can you change now? Because we got to be perfect. Let's go. You know, no, they're not. It's not going to work. It has to be. I love you, even if you're nervous for the rest of eternity, and I will never, ever leave you. I love that because we expect that we're going to show up with this like veneer, right? This shiny veneer, like this is what we do. We all show up on our first dates in our first few months and we all have this shiny veneer, right? And then because we judge those parts of ourselves, and that we've been hitting with the two by four that we haven't actually come to love and acceptance with. This is why I love shadow work so much. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah, we have we're still holding those pieces in shame like we have the closet door shut and we have this expectation that someone else is going to love them. But if we actually don't love them first. Yeah, like they're irrelevant, really. I mean, unless you love it first. And I years ago, I when I started relationship coaching, I, I had this whole thing of you are your happily ever after. And it sounded really good to me at the time. And I knew in theory that it was okay, but it wasn't until years later that I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, shit. I, yeah. Like he's not going to love it if I don't love it. And that's the, that's the work. That's the tough part. And it's, ooh, like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's edgy. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's video two in my four video series that I'm putting out in December where I talk about like the biggest complaint. Like I do all these surveys with my list all the time. Their biggest complaint is why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men? Oh yeah. And I say in video two, I go take a deep breath, girlfriend, because here we go. Because you're unemotionally available to you. That's it. That's why. That is totally why. And so when we can do, and I take people through a series of of ways to come home into safety, security, approval, appreciation, like that sense of that exhale beneath the exhale beneath the exhale, like, ah, I'm enough. I'm enough. When you can come there, you, it's like you have super, superhero vision. You can smell a narcissist (laughs) a mile away. You can totally see somebody is emotionally unavailable because you can feel it because you're so connected to the core to yourself that the, the, the connection just stops. And as hot as he is, or as rich as he is, or saying whatever the hell he's saying to blow air up your skirt, you know, there's no depth to it because you can feel that emptiness. And then you don't have to set yourself up to get hurt again. So the safest, which is like kind of winding back to your question about vulnerability, the safest way to be in the world is is open all the way. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Well, it's when you hear your truth. You hear the truth from like the divine that's, you know, specific for you. You feel your body go, no, I don't like this feeling like you're so in touch. And if you're, if you contract, 
you cut off your intuition, you cut off your instincts, you cut off the connection to your body, you cut off the connection to the divine, you cut off your connection to Mother Earth, you're, you're alone, and you ought to be scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't have any resources to make, you know, important decisions on. And as I shared in my story, of course, I've done that, you know, twice with two divorces. So it's not like I'm perfect at this. So I I understand how we can really just do a number on ourselves when we disconnect. And the coming home takes, oh, it takes two things, courage and humility. Because it's like, you got to jump off the cliff and just hope when you let go of control that God's there. You just hope. You just hope when you let go of control that little Giovanna or little Alana is going to receive your apology and become one with you. It's a big jump. It is a jump. And I always say to women, too, because this is my experience and it might not be everybody's experience. Yeah. It's you either like and I have never been the letter goer of I now I am because I learned the hard way, but I never was. So it's like either you learn to let go and and like do this work and let it in and open right soften or like it's going to be done for you and when it's done for you it's not a letting go it feels like a ripping apart (laughs) and it's like the you know the what do they call the come to jesus moment you're on your knees and it's not it's not pretty yeah. 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 This is a really beautiful point and totally accurate what you're just saying. Um, a practice, a really simple practice that I've taken on for the past seven years is pole dancing. And while it's super bounce, 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 sexy and all that kind of fun stuff too. Um, one of the reasons is when I hang on to that pole, if I hang on too tight, I can't spin and I'll uh, twist my wrist. If I hang on too loosely, then I'll fall off. I'll fall down. But there's just this perfect grip. And it's sort of like the pole is the universe and I let go, but, but it, but it has me, it has my back. Mm. I'm connected, never disconnected. And in those really rare moments when I'm just out of my head, in my body, you know, surrendering, but surrendering isn't a giving up just like I, it's not acceptance. It's allowance. It's not giving up. It's surrender. You're still present. You're still a choice. You're still discerning. You're still here. You're still awake. You're not dead. You're just letting go. And when I swing around that pole by one arm, both feet off the ground, spinning in glee, it's an embodiment of what we're talking about. I'm sure everybody on this is like a super smart lady because they're attracted to you. Okay. But that's not, <laughs> not enough. That's more sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit. It has to be in every hundred trillion cells of your body. Mm. The embodiment of vulnerability. And for me, pole dancing is a wonderful way to get there. I love that analogy. Like even even for those of you listening that don't pole dance, and I, I must say I've only done it once, I think twice maybe in my life. But, you know, even for those of you listening that don't pole dance, it is the same analogy. And as you were saying that, I was thinking about when I first learned how to drive. And, you know, when you make a turn, nowadays we can loosen our grip and allow the wheel to do its thing and then we re-grip it, right? But when you're right, first right. learning how to drive, like that's super scary. So you're like doing all this, like you're almost forcing it. And it's, it's you know, it's it's not very elegant, and it's the same, right? Yes. I just had this really naughty thought, like the very first time you give a blowjob, same thing. But it's right. It's my, I had a mentor that used to say it's awkward before it's elegant, ladies. It's awkward before it's elegant, right? But it is that piece. And I love that. It's just having the right grip. It's not letting go and just being all like loosey goosey. Oh, I'm surrendered and whatever happens. Like, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's almost like a um, co- creative surrender. It's like, you're not just surrendering to nothing. Yes. Yeah. But this is perfect. And this is, I think perhaps, and you can tell me if I, if I'm, and if I'm wrong, that's okay. But I think perhaps when you first 
learned about vulnerability, you might not have been as connected as you are now to yourself and to source. And when, as I said, we only spin in our mind and we're disconnected from our intuition and the divine and all this kind of stuff. And all there is, is other thoughts of fear and doubt and hesitancy. And why didn't I, and why can't I all that? If, if you let go in there, (laughs) that's pretty fucking scary place to let go. However, when you come down into a heart that has been healed and open down into a power center that isn't power over in order to get control because I'm so fucking scared. It's a potency. It's a juiciness to create change for the good. As you come down into your pelvis and you've made friends with your vagina, you see your sexuality is divine. You see your body is sacred when you just love on your body and you stop beating her up either. When you're in this embodied, connected to self, connected to source, why you're You're connected to all that is. The idea of even being closed doesn't even make sense. Why would you let go of of Mm. all that is? You are everything already. It's like this limit. You become the limit. You become the embodiment of the limitlessness that you are. And so vulnerability is the way to be that, stay there, connect with that power. And it's through that flow and surrender and softness that you stay connected to the breadth and depth and width and grandeur that you are as you type him back on the te- on the email and you go, I'd, I'd love to meet for coffee th- Thursday. And you're like, ah! you just, but you get <laughs> going. And then you're there sitting on the date and, and he says, so tell me about the past. And you go, okay, I, could go into shame right now of my divorces, or I could just stay present and I could just be real. Mm. And those moments in a movie, those moments in a speech, those moments, hopefully in the, in an interview like this, that really grab you. Think about it. They're the vulnerable moments. I'm not giving you the seven bullet points to having a successful relationship. Take notes. No, I'm not doing that. And that's actually, I think not really what speaks to us. So your vulnerability is actually what makes you sexy. I love it's, it. And this brings, yeah, yeah. sorry, say that point again. I missed it. Oh, I just said, it's what makes you irresistible Mm. is your vulnerability, not your push-up bra. That makes you, (laughs) I love push-up bra. That, that, you know, that could be painful depending on what it is. But you bring a really, um, another piece to this vulnerability piece that I just want to pinpoint on this is that vulnerability is actually the thing that, helps you trust yourself more because you brought in this thing about like, and I want to go here next too, about this, the narcissist piece. And the other side of the narcissist is the codependent. And there's this whole dynamic. And I think I have a PhD in it. And, <laughs> and I got that one. But without this vulnerability piece and cultivating vulnerability and sort of that self-acceptance, you really can't trust yourself to call them as you see them. Or like what I used to do in the past is I'd get all these, um, uncomfortable feelings about a guy and I would say oh well that's just me it's just because I'm insecure and I'm nervous it's not him where now I could totally my filter is like "Uh uh-uh no you've talked about yourself on the the whole time on the date um or you know I'm getting this vibe you know I I can I sense it now better so can you talk about that piece where how trust is a you know as a result of vulnerability and and that whole trusting of yourself piece because I think women also might not trust their decision-making ability with men. Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. One of the gifts of vulnerability is self-trust and trust in the universe and a sense of, uh-huh, uh-uh. And it's not from the brain. It's from this deep embodied place. Two, um, the path 
to having that trust in your vulnerability, as I said before, comes from two things, the courage and the humility. I'm a fucking badass woman. I graduated cum laude from Columbia University. I can go, you know, I, I've had Alanis set on my radio show, Lisa Gibbons. I counseled, you know, coached her through Dancing with the Stars. I can go on and on about how fucking cool I am. That does not help me sniff out a narcissist. <laughs> me sniff out a narcissist is to acknowledge the sliver, just a sliver, but she was there, of insecurity of daddy why aren't you paying attention to me who never, ever healed? And that was my codependent piece that attracted my second husband when all that custody battle stuff. And so it takes great humility to go, okay, I might be all about in a bag of chips and this piece needs to heal. And if I don't heal her, she will take me down. Really? I mean, she, the, the gift of all these difficult times with relationships is it's not a punishment. It's, it's bringing us home. And so if we can be humble enough to go, okay, I give, I, I need help, maybe not everywhere, but here and be courageous enough to ask for it and then be courageous enough to receive it. We can go in and heal that sliver, that little girl that doubts herself, doesn't know why daddy, mommy, whoever, whatever happened, why it happens. And we can heal her. And when that happens, that's another one of those with the analogy of the tree going down the little roots to find her in the darkness and to bring her home to us. And then when we're home on the inside, no longer judging ourselves, rejecting ourselves, punishing ourselves, questioning ourselves, when all of that's ended and there's a quietness and a stillness, that's when we hear the uh-huh, uh-uh. That's when we listen and honor that our body is going, no, don't date him. Don't open your vagina to him. It's the only <laughs> way we can hear. Yeah. And thus it feels like confidence because we can trust ourselves. And then the confidence we get through, you know, success after success through the actual, you know, achievements, that's another level of confidence we get over time. And then bingo, if you keep showing up long enough, given you choose to be in a soul shaking conscious relationship and you're willing to say thank you, but no thank you, thank you, but no thank you, you know, first date after first date after first date. And then you're like, oh my goodness. Hi, you'll find him. Mm -hmm. He's waiting because you chose it. It's, it's science asking it's given it's done. We just have to keep doing our inner work to get there. I, I just absolutely love that because, and I feel like I, there's a lot of points there that I want to pick out, but it is, it is essentially, and we keep, we're, we're kind of circling around the same thing and we're saying the same thing. It is essentially getting back to the relationship to yourself and loving those pieces because whether it's vulnerability or whether it's trust or trusting your intuition, it all really comes from this place of okayness with yourself. Yeah. And I, I heard yeah. you say in one of your YouTube videos, this being okay with where you are. And, and what I what I take that as is like, if you're single right now and you're okay single, great. It doesn't mean you're closed off and you're like, F you, I don't want a relationship. I can do this on my own. That's That's not what I mean by okay. I mean, literally just an openness okay. Or you are searching for or in relationship and you're still okay. One of the things that came to me after numerous brutal heartbreaks was I survived. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay. So I'd rather not go through that again. But if I did, I know I'll live. I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really important for women to get that, don't you? Absolutely. This vulnerability work takes you to that place where come what may, I'm okay. And I like to take it in, I do the seven week course. And so maybe the th first three or four weeks is all of this healing and reconnection work. But part two, week five, six, seven, 
you know, we can go from more than just okay. We can go to like deliciously irresistible, making love with the universe turned on most of the fucking time. And, and, and it's all available through this openness and this vulnerability. I was literally hula hooping on my deck. I'm staying in a cabin. There is nature in every direction I look. And I was just hula hooping. And then I'm like, I think I'm going to hula hoop and open my vagina and just say, hey, earth, come on in and, and love me, support me, nourish me. And it was like this whoosh of energy. It's there all the time. I just wasn't letting it in. And and then I open my arms above me as I'm hula hooping and I'm looking at the sky and I'm looking at these beautiful mountains. I'm like, I love you mountains. Like maybe that sounds really corny and I know I'm a little weird, but I'm like, I love you nature. I love you earth. I love you divine. Like love me back. Let me know you're grateful that I keep showing up. Mm. Love me, please. I'm willing to let it in right now. And like this whoosh, Giovanna, of energy came in. It was there all the time. I just wasn't letting it in. So when you go through these stages of vulnerability and getting to a place that come what may, I'm okay. There's more. <laughs> there's more. And there's more, there's more joy. There's more ecstasy. There's more deliciousness, even in the painful moments. There's even more gratitude and the, the benefits and the advantages of, of, of a challenge. We can even start to have this sensual gratitude and appreciation of, of, of experiencing how strong and soft we really are. And so you take that when you're single. You experience that, making love with the universe while you're dating. You take that very same experience of making love with the universe in a relationship because, oh, by the way, once you find him, it's not like everything's perfect every day. You're going to be challenged again. Different challenges than when you're single, but challenges nonetheless. And so we get to bring this, and I think it's a healing, sexual, sensual, life force, chi, yummy, 99.9%, you know, whatever you want to call it. This energy is real and it's around us all the time. And we just can't receive it and co-create with it when we're shut down and we're not vulnerable. We just can't. Mm. And, and I'd like to just say one other thing before I forget, I'm not saying sit down with your boss at work and, and tell him about your breakup tomorrow. I'm not saying like, go be, you know, vulnerable with everybody. You still need to be discerning of who you're going to open to. You don't go on every date and tell him about everything, right? People need to earn the gift of your total vulnerable share, but that doesn't mean you ever need to shut down and, and close from the universe. Okay. Right. So you want open to yourself 24-7, open to the divine 24-7, and then who has earned the right to be in the presence of the gift of you? That's really important. That's an important point because there's emotionally vomiting on people and then there's being truly vulnerable, <laughs> right? And you do, someone like Brene Brown brings that in too. Like you, the person has to earn the right to your vulnerability. Otherwise, you could be exposing yourself or putting yourself in a situation where you feel unheard or invalidated or invalidated and it's super important and i want to touch on a, a point that you're talking about cuz you're using a lot of words that most of my audience will probably be like oh yeah i get what she's talking about and some of my audience might be like wow like all these words and expressions of the body and you know even being in your body i think this is a really important point especially for women because we have been trained almost taught that it's safer to be in our head and our body might be a place of shame or our body right. might be a place of like, oh, it's just the body, right? Like, let's just yep. discount it and stay in our head. So talk to us a little bit about the importance of embodiment and that and and that work to be in your body and out of that body shame 
for a woman. Yeah. Okay. And let's have that be a topic of a whole other hour because I could go on for hours. <laughs> okay. Part two. This will because be part two, but give us a taste. It's super important. <laughs> it's super important. And two things come to mind. First, I had a, it was actually a male client, um, but he back in college just was so unsupported and felt so alone that he stabbed his heart trying to kill himself. <gasps> failed, thank God. But the scar is still there. And when he came and did a weekend intensive with me, I was asking him to like, well, how does that make you feel? He goes, I don't know. I don't feel. And I'm just like, whoa, I'd never met somebody like this where they didn't have any connection whatsoever to physical sensations or emotions in their body. But he had just cut it off. And by the end of two days, he was back, quote unquote, in his body again. But we went slow because there was so much pain and sorrow that he needed to be able to process. And and feeling emotion in and of itself is not processing. That's just sort of re-traumatizing ourselves. There is a way that I take my clients through where you feel and you move the energy through to completion and it leaves behind a nugget, a capacity of wisdom. We don't just, I mean, I used to be a drama queen, just feeling and feeling and feeling, but nothing would ever change. And I would just be this dramatic mess because I wasn't getting it through and literally alchemizing it. I don't know if that's a word, but like transforming it into the wisdom it's meant to be in our bodies. So that's the first thing I wanted to say about being in our body. Second thing, I remember when I coached Lisa through Dancing with the Stars, Lisa Gibbons, she was so concerned about showing her ass to 52 million people, which of course I would be too. But the idea is again, what are you saying to your ass? And so we would stand in front of the mirror and we would talk to her hips and we would talk to her thighs, which sounds kind of initially dorky. And she kind of giggled, but she realized the judgment towards them destroyed her communication with them and destroyed listening and destroyed and like stuck all this energy in her body. And by moving throughout, you know, she had to practice dancing. We're dancing in the stars so she could start to love her hips and forgive her hips and, and be grateful for her hips and, and, and adore her sensuality. She began to find safety in her body, in the movements of her body. Okay. So those are two things I want to say. Third, If you have been um, inappropriately touched in any way, the body remembers that. And we need to be in relationship with our body to be with that, heal that, process that, and move it through into greater discernment, strength, healthy boundaries, and openness to be treated as a divine temple. This is big shit. This is really deep shit. And because it's intense, we often just stay in our head where we can, you know, seemingly control life, but we're never deeply fulfilled like we are when we're at rest, open and being penetrated by the love of the universe. I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that in. And you're right. This, I mean, this is a topic of a whole other show and maybe we'll have to do a part two. Yeah, Um, you know, what I'm really hearing from you and what keeps being reemphasized for me in my life and, and with my clients and just in the world that I see around me is that vulnerability is A, your safest option. And yeah. B, it starts with being vulnerable with yourself, with looking yes. at the places that you don't want to look at. Because if you can't love them, you're not going to be able to bring them to someone else and you can't expect them to just love and make them better. Because, you know, it's, it's that no amount of external 
love or validation is going to heal what hasn't been healed within the self. It's so true. Brilliantly said, brilliantly said. And, and an example of that is as all this shit was going down with my son and, and I had to move at the same time, my landlord gave the house to, you know, his son that just got married. So I had to leave. So I was like, had to find a place to live. And it was just so intense. And it could have been a time when I said, nah, I don't think I want to start dating now because I'm, I'm not, I don't have it together. I don't look very good. And then I decided, Hey, what if, what if, I loved myself just as much now as I did, quote unquote, when things are more perfect. And what if he loved that I was going through this right now? What if he loved that I had a 14 year old that he could be a fabulous co-parent to? What if he loved that my ex-husband doesn't care for me much and he wants to be my hero and protector? What if he loved my situation? What if I didn't need to be ashamed of it? What if it was actually like no big thing? And so I loved myself there and I allowed him, whoever he was going to be, to love me exactly the way I am, you know, warts and all. <laughs> and there he is. He showed up. Hmm. He showed- I love that. My guy had a rough period with his kids in their teenage years. And now that they're in their 30s, they have the best relationship. So he doesn't judge me one little bit. Again, a mirror of the insides of me. Yeah. That, and that's exactly, exactly what it is. It's mirroring the insides and so many you know women and I did this too it's like you know we make the list and I want him to be like this and he's got to have this and he's got to have that but we're not willing to look at well who do I have to be (laughs) to call in that guy because you have to do the work within yourself to call in this you know the the guy with the hundred things on the list so yeah I just I absolutely love this conversation I feel like we can just Blab and blab and blab for hours. So yeah, there might be a part two, guys. Stay tuned. Um, Elena, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your, not just your wisdom and your experience and your story, but your juicy energy. I love that you use the word delicious. My first radio show was called the Delicious Life Radio Show. I love it. So yeah, I, I love that you're here. Thank you for sharing and for agreeing to be on the show. I know that everyone listening is going to get so much from it. And yeah, and, and hopefully you will come back and we'll do a part two maybe on some of that body stuff. Mm, I think it would be a great contribution to everyone. And I'd love to have you on my show as well. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be so much. We'll just have just as much fun as we're having now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. And thanks to Alana for being here. Uh, don't forget, if you love the episode, sharing is caring. So share it with your friends. And the resource that Alana mentioned, we are going to have in the show notes. So you won't miss out on that. And you'll uh, be able to get on there and and see what her offer is. Again, Alana, thank you uh, for being here. And we'll see you next time, everyone. All right. Much love to everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 